Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. If you have your Bibles this morning, would turn to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5. Uh, I want to begin with a, a story, and I don't know if you guys have done this yet. I know a lot of people have, but we moved into a house a few years ago, maybe several years ago now, and moving into a new house, especially if you're married, you know how this goes. You move into a new house, but None of the old stuff really makes the cut for being good enough for the new house. You know, you need new furniture and you need all this new stuff. And so my wife and I were moving into this new house and she wanted new stuff. And so we're getting some new stuff. Um, and one of the things that she wanted, and, and I am saying she wanted, is she wanted to cut the cord of our cable. She wanted to get rid of, we, we had had cable before that. We had had DirecTV and um, Comcast. We'd had all these, we'd had every different cable option you could have. And so my wife, we're moving to this new house, and she says, why don't we cut the cable cord? Why don't we cut that cord and just stream everything? Now, that sounds like not a big deal, especially to a lot of people right now who've cut, who cut the cord a long time ago and um, who don't think this is a big deal. But for somebody like me, this is a huge deal. She's like, let's buy a couch. I'm like, cool. Let's buy a, a dining room table. Cool. All oh, that's good. Let's buy new artwork. Cool. Let's cut the cord. Hold on. Wait. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Hold. Hold on. This is where it gets real. This is where it gets important. Not the thousands of dollars for the other thing. Like this is where I'm like, hold on. I'm about to put my foot down and I don't know about this. Because you're going too far with this. Because listen, I need cable. I need cable for the important moments. Y'all know what I mean. Like the, the super important moments. Y'all know what I mean by that, right? Like, like those moments that you cannot miss. Such as? the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, the World Series. Like these things you cannot take a chance with and you cannot miss them. So when you talk about cutting the cord, I'm like, how am I, like, can you guarantee me that I'm going to be able to watch the Super Bowl in HD? Because otherwise, I'm not cutting this cord. I No, I'm putting my foot down. And so... Fortunately, it was the season where none of those big events were happening. And so she talked me into, let's try it. Let's just try it and we'll see. And so we moved into our new house and we did not get cable. We did not get DirecTV. We didn't get Comcast. We didn't get any of that. And we got, we got as good an internet as we could get. And, and we bought, I don't even remember which one, Hulu or something. And we, we started streaming stuff. And it was absolutely amazing because I'm like, well, I was so nervous. I was so scared because, like, I need to detox and, and decompress and just zone out and watch TV. And now all of a sudden I'm relying on something that's not plugged into the wall. It's not plugged into, like, a source that's going to give it to me clear. And, man, that first day I turned the TV on and we only had, like, I don't know, it was only, like, 
30 channels or 20 channels. Now I'm used to like 200 channels because like we don't just get cable. Like we get the big stuff. And so I turn it on and there's only like 30 channels and I'm like, God, this is going to be horrible. I'm going to be so bored. I'm not going to be able to do all the things I want to do. And I'm scrolling through and I'm like, these are all the channels I like. Like this is everything that I watch. So now instead of having to scroll through 200 channels, I only got to scroll through 30. This is amazing. This is phenomenal. And sure enough, the first NBA finals came around and I was able to watch it and it was in HD and it was amazing. And I was like, this is awesome. And you know the best part about it is it was significantly cheaper (laughs) than the cable that we had. And so when we cut the cord, I look back on that and now I'm like, why has everybody not cut the cord? Who, who has cable? If you got cable, I'm not, I'm not I, just, I just don't understand. Because after we cut the cord, man, I was able, we were able to actually watch the things we wanted to watch and skip over the channels that we had never watched in our entire lives. And it cost us so much less per month. And we don't have like these big boxes, these big clunky things in our house, all over the house and trying to wire them all. Like it's so much better. But I was so nervous to go from the old of cable into cutting the cord into the new of this new way of enjoying life. This morning we're going to talk about another way that God cuts the cord. Last week we talked about cutting the umbilical cord and sustaining life. And we're in this season where everything's changing and the way that you sustain life previously is likely not the same way that God is going to have you sustain life and the way that he's going to sustain life for you in the future. This morning, we're going to look at Luke chapter 5. I want to start in verse, uh, let's start in verse 33. Now, I'd encourage you to go back and read all of Luke chapter 5 because the the Pharisees, the religious folks, they kept trying to come for Jesus. They kept trying to trip him up. They kept trying to mess with him and get him to say the wrong thing and get him in trouble. Here in verse 33, and they said to him, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours, they're talking to Jesus, eat and drink. Here the, the religious folks are saying like, hey, Um, John's disciples, disciple just means learner or follower. So the people who follow John, John the Baptist, like they fast often. But Jesus, the people who follow you, they're always eating and drinking. Like they're always partying. They're always enjoying themselves. They don't fast. They're bringing a complaint about the disciples to Jesus. Now, actually, if you backed up uh, to verse 30, the Pharisees had just brought a complaint about Jesus to the disciples. It's interesting that religious folks... None of us. But other religious folks like to bring problems to people other than the people that they have a problem with. <laughs> so they have a problem with the disciples, they take it to Jesus. They got a problem with Jesus, they take it to the disciples. But that's not the way that we should operate as believers. If we have a problem with someone, especially a brother or sister in the Lord, we need to take that problem to them, not to somebody else, not over their head or not not trying to stir up strife. The Bible makes that very clear. And I think a lot of our issues and our strife would be alleviated if we would simply take the problem to the person. Maybe that's just a side note for somebody watching. And it says they, they fast often. And they offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours, they just eat and drink. Jesus said to them, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? 
The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. What's Jesus saying here? He's saying, hey, there's a time and there's a season, and the time and season right now for my disciples is not for them to fast because the groom is still with them. I am still with them. There'll be a time and a season where I leave, and that'll be the time and season where they will begin to fast, but it's not right now. Now, there's a lot that we can pull from this. One of the things I, I want to just point out really quickly is as they're saying like, hey, our disciples are, are more spiritual. They do these spiritual disciplines better and more often than yours, and yours don't even do them. Jesus, when he responds, he doesn't respond by bashing them. He doesn't respond by telling them that they're ignorant. He doesn't respond um, even in a negative way. He simply responds with, here is the reasoning, here is the standard for my followers. Now, just because... Uh, they have their standard doesn't mean that it's the standard for the followers of Jesus. And, and I want to caution us, especially right now when there's so much online church and so much um, uh, Christian content that's being put out. And, and man, I am loving that. And I, and I encourage you to, to consume all of that that you're able to because it will just help you grow and grow. But I want to caution you that just because some religious folks set a standard doesn't mean that it's the standard of Jesus' followers. Just because somebody's telling you you need to fast, uh, uh, you know, for the next 40 days or you need to pray this amount of time every single day or you need to read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation before you go to work this morning. Like, hold on. Just because some religious folks set a standard doesn't mean that it's the standard for Jesus' followers. Here, John the Baptist's disciples, the Pharisees' disciples, they had a different standard than Jesus gave to his followers. And I want to caution you with that because sometimes it's the religious folks that will put us in bondage with a standard that they set which is unattainable, which is ridiculous, which is not coming from the Lord. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't fast. But... It does mean that we should get before the Lord and we should allow him to set the standard for our lives. And as we're going from the old into the new, we have to realize that there are some old things that we've done even in our walk with the Lord that were simply things out of tradition or simply things that we were taught to do and our heart is not in it, our spirit is not in it. God never told us to do that. Another man or woman told us to do that and that that season of God being in that and blessing that has dried up. He has cut the cord. You no longer have access to that cable and you need to rely on the streaming services now. I, I want you to know that God may lead you into a season, and for many of us, this is the time right now, this is the season where God will lead you into a season that he's not leading everybody into. So he's leading you into a season where other people, even maybe people that you're around, won't be able to see, they won't understand. They'll say, you've stopped fasting, you've stopped praying, what are you doing? And, and Jesus saying there's a time and there's a season for everything. Ecclesiastes, it tells us that. There's a time and there's a season for everything under the sun. Now, in, in perfect Jesus fashion, they just asked him about fasting. And in verse 36, it says he also told them a parable. So now he's going to go on and tell them a story. <laughs> no one tears 
a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. Like what? <laughs> Jesus, we were just talking about fasting and why your folks don't fast. And like are they, like what, what is that all about? And Jesus is now talking about garments and new garments and old garments. Like what? <laughs> Jesus, why didn't you just say it's not their time, I'm still with them. After I'm gone, they'll fast and they'll pray. Like Jesus, where are you going with this? And, and I'm telling you, if you will slow down and read the Bible and read the Gospels, Jesus does this all the time. Like they ask him one thing and he just starts talking about something that's like completely different. So Jesus, why are they fasting? Let me tell you about these garments. Like what? You can't take a new garment and put it on an old garment because it won't match. Okay, Jesus, but what about fasting? Listen, you can't take a new garment and put it on an old garment because it won't match. Okay, if you say so. Now, you can study this out and Jesus is, um, Jesus is speaking here. He, he's in these unique times in what we call dispensation where he's moving us from an old into a new. And there's a lot of truth in taking the old law, the old covenant, and trying to force it into the new covenant or taking the new covenant that Jesus has, has, is bringing at this point and has brought us and bringing it back and trying to force it under the confines of the old covenant. It's a lot of what he's talking about here. But this applies in so many ways. Especially right now when we're saying there are some areas of our lives that Jesus is cutting the cord. And if you try to take the new and fix it, you know, take a piece of the new so that you can fix the old with it, it is not going to match. Now, I don't know a whole lot about garments and cloths and all these things. But what, what I'm told is if you take a piece of cloth off a new garment and you patch it onto an old garment. What happens is at some point that new garment shrinks, which then tears a hole in the old garment, which is a hole larger than its original hole. So if my pants have a hole in it and I take a new garment and I patch it right here, then once that new garment begins to shrink, it'll, it'll actually shrink and tear the hole larger than it was before. And so if I've taken a piece of cloth from a new garment, I've ruined that garment because now it has a hole in it. And I've put it on this, this old one that I wanted to restore and bring back for some reason. And now it's, it's made that one worse than it was before. And this is a picture of what happens when God cuts the cord in our lives and, and he's bringing the new and he's making all things new in our lives. And we try to take the new and like try to use it to somehow improve the old or somehow try to apply it to the old. What happens is it, it destroys the old and it destroys the new. Neither one of them are of any good use anymore. The hole in the old is even bigger than it was before and you've ruined the very new thing that God has brought into your life. It's foolish to do this. Specifically here, we read that it will not match, meaning it won't work. It will not work. Stop trying to take the new that God is leading you into and apply it to this old that you used to operate in. Like once we started streaming, there was no way that I could get back to DirecTV or Comcast or cable. Like, like there was no cable even in our house. There was no access for me to do that. 
And as long as I tried to, would have tried to use that into this, this old way of watching TV, neither one would have worked because I wouldn't have been working the new. I wouldn't have been getting the benefits of less channels, but all the channels I wanted. Less money, but all the functions. Less stuff in my house, but still being able to see the picture. I wouldn't have been able to get that because I'm trying to put it into this old thing that is no longer applicable. Listen, if you, if you still have a DVD player, <laughs> you can't put a VCR into it. Now, some of y'all, I just lost all of you. Like, you, let me say it a different way. You can't put a VCR into your TV to play it on Netflix, a VHS or a DVD. Like, none of that works. Why? Because it was old, and there's something new now that operates in a different way, on a different system. And God is bringing us from that old. He's cutting the cord, and he's taking us to the new. And as long as we are trying to go back and force the new to fix the old, it's not going to work. It's not going to match. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there. He says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Now, let me, let me stop right here just for a moment. Um, you may know this, you, you may not, but wineskins essentially were what these people used as bottles. They weren't like glass bottles like we think now. They were actually animal skins, and they would, they would actually carve these and make them so that they could hold wine. Now, as uh, the wineskins, you know, as they became older, what they did was they, their shape became more firm. They actually began to dry out a little bit, which made them uh, firm but brittle. So um, in the beginning, they could be shaped. They were elastic and, and all of this stuff, and, but they dried out and they became hard. And, and you couldn't, if you tried too hard to change the shape, you would actually break it. It was brittle. So here he's saying, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. The reason that you wouldn't put new wine into old wineskins is because new wine was still in the fermentation process and it would expand. So if you put it into the old wineskins that had been dried up and, and hardened into their shape and become brittle, then it would actually break that, that wineskin, that container wouldn't be able to hold this new wine as it expands. So no one would do that. No one would put new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. So if you actually put new wine into old wineskins, that new wine expands and it bursts, it destroys the container that it was in. And so therefore it spills and you can't use the wine because it's spilled. You can't use the container because it's destroyed. You, you literally have destroyed both the old and the new. You've destroyed the container and, and the wine inside the container. This is disastrous. This is an explosion. This is, this is something that nobody wins out of. And here Jesus, after being asked why his people don't fast and pray enough, he begins to tell them not just about the cloth, but about this new wine, this new wine that's going to burst if it's put into the wrong container. Now, if you're just beginning to follow Jesus or maybe you've just come back to him, 
there's a lot of implications, there's a lot of spiritual truths in these passages about our spiritual growth and not becoming legalistic and not falling into, I got to keep all these rules and regulations and living in the grace of what we call this time or this dispensation. But this also applies to us when the Lord has cut the cord in an area of our lives and he's like, here is some new wine. And with this new wine, if you try to put it into an old container, you're going to bust everything up. It cannot go into the old container. And in some instances, the container is us. Are we an old, dried up, hardened, brittle container? Are we, are we somebody that we can't hear and listen humbly? When was the last time that you were wrong? When was the last time that you were wrong about something even pertaining to God? And somebody else was able to correct you and you received that correction without being hardened and brittle and easily offended. Because if nobody's corrected you in a really long time, then just maybe, just maybe, it's because you are an old wineskin that has gotten hard and dry, nobody can tell you anything. You're not elastic. You're not pliable. And that's a dangerous place for believers to be because the new wine, the new wine busts that up. It destroys it. There's an explosion that happens. But the, the new wineskin, man, that's if, if we're talking about us as the new wineskin, as a container of God's presence and his anointing and all the things, then, man, we're humble. We're pliable. We're, 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 we're ready for people to teach us. We're listening to learn. We're not, we're not listening just so we can talk and respond and show everybody we got all the answers and how smart we are. Like, no, no. Let's be the new wineskin that can, that can contain and house and bottle that new wine, that new revelation, that new understanding. Jesus is literally bringing a, a new covenant. But now we live in that new covenant. And it's, it's not about necessarily the newness of the revelation, but it's the newness of the revelation to us. And we need to be people that are willing to be the new wineskin, the fresh wineskins. It says this, and no one after drinking old wine desires new, for he says the old is good. Now this, this is, man, this is so true. This was written forever ago, and it's so true now. You know, we, 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 we love the idea of change, but we don't like to change. Let me prove it to you. We love the idea of change. Most of us are trying to change something about our physical body. <laughs> like, like we want to work out more, we want to eat better. We're not necessarily that we're doing it, but we would like to do it. Like there's something that we would like to, to do to improve our physical appearance for most people. Most of us, um, our financial situation, like we would like to change. We'd like to, to have more, be more generous, be a better steward, whatever, invest more, like whatever that is. But, but there's some area where we want to change. Relationally, I, th I think we all are in a position where like there's some things about different relationships in our lives that we would like to change. 
But what we don't often love is what's required to actually make the change. Often what we do is we say, the old wine is good. The old wine is good enough. Cable TV is good enough. It was good enough. Cable TV had Sunday ticket. It was good enough. It was expensive. There was a lot of clunky stuff. I had a whole bunch of channels that I scrolled through that I would never watch. But it was good enough. And what we do in our lives is we say, this old wine is good. I don't want any new wine. This reminds me of when Jesus, his first miracle, he turned water into wine. I'd encourage you to go back and read that. When Jesus turned water into wine, it's such, it's such an amazing, amazing story. And, and if you remember the story, they had already served all the new wine, which was the good wine. And here they have this really important person, this influential person of authority. And here he is, and now they're out of wine, and he's expecting wine. They're, they're waiting, and they're ready to, for him. He's waiting and ready for him to get some wine. And, and they, they ran out. And Jesus' mother comes to him and says, listen, Jesus, we need some new wine. And, and they're like, we ran out. And, and Jesus is like, listen, it's not my time. And she says to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so they go and they actually get these containers that have water. And Jesus tells them to like serve the guy. And they know that it only has water. And they go and they serve him. And as they pour it, it's wine that comes out. And he is like, man, this is amazing. Nobody saves the best for last. You save the better wine for the last instead of the new wine for the, or the better wine for the new. The reason that they did that was because they wanted the new wine in the beginning. So the beginning, you would taste it, you would appreciate it, you would experience it. Then you would get drunk. So you didn't care what the old wine was because you were drunk. You couldn't even taste it. But they saved the new, the best for the old because that's what Jesus did. And we need to remember that the old may be good, but Jesus has better for us. He's cutting the cord, and he's trying to get some clunky stuff out of your living room, out of your bedroom, out of your house that's been there. He's trying to save you some money, some convenience. He's saying, you don't got to scroll through all 200 channels. I got just what you need right here in my presence, but you cannot go back to the old. You have to cut the cord. You have to trust the stream. You have to trust the Lord. You have to trust the new wine and the new cloth is better than the old wine and the old cloth. You cannot contain what God is going to do through a hardened, brittle, easily offended, can't tell you nothing attitude. You cannot bring new ideas into old mindsets. You cannot move forward while you're holding on to the past. You can say that the old is good, and I believe God's not going to force you to drink the new wine. He, he's not going to force you to cut the cord. He's not going to force you into this new. But I can promise you this. If you will go into the new, if you will believe him as he cuts the cord, man, God will provide, and the new will be so much better than the old. The new will be more efficient It'll be more effective. It'll be more powerful. It'll be uh, better financially, better relationally, better spiritually. And it's, this is not a knock on the old. This is not a knock on traditional church. This is not a knock on hymns. This is not a knock on, on the, the saints and the, the pioneers of our faith. It's not that at all. Many of them were, were operating in the new of their day. 
But the moment that you begin, we talked about this last week, the moment that you begin to rely and put your faith on anything other than the Lord, it becomes an idol in your life. And you become married to the method instead of married to the maker. We all need to make sure we stay married to the maker, not the method. The way that God did something yesterday may not be the way he does it today. And when he cuts that cord, we got to be all right with that. And sometimes it takes a miracle for us to see that he cut the cord. Sometimes it takes a miracle for us to see that the new wine is better. And when I say miracle, I don't mean spectacular. The miracle may be you've pushed back, you've refused, you've kicked and screamed and, and, and just flat out said no to the Lord. And today in this moment is going to be a miracle because you are going to say yes. You are going to say, yes, Lord, I am allowing you to cut that cord. I'm no longer going back to direct TV. I'm all into the new way. And, and, it's, and you are blessing the new way. You are blessing the new wine. Not necessarily because it's new, not even because it's more high tech or of this time. None of that. It's because you cut the cord. It's because this is where you're leading me. And if this is where you're leading me, I'm going to walk by faith. And if that means you giving your life to Christ, if that means you coming back to him, if you're somebody who's been following him and there's some area that he's been wanting to cut the cord and you have been hesitant, you've been afraid because you thought you were going to miss the major moments of your life if you did that, you weren't sure if you could trust cutting the cord. <laughs> Let me tell you, one of the best things we did when we moved into our house was cut the cord. It was absolutely, I can't imagine, I don't know why anybody would still have cable. I, I don't know why everybody hasn't cut the cord. That, that's just as real as it gets. And in the same way, in a more powerful way, man, when the Lord leads you, cut the cord. Leave the VHS, the DVDs, the cable, leave it in the past. Leave the hurt the pain, the fear, leave it in the past. That's stuff from the old man. <laughs> the fleshly desires, the doing whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, as much as you want to do, leave that. Let the Lord cut that cord, leave that in the past. You know, the first man, Adam, when you study like the meaning of his name, it, it's all of mankind, it, it, it's humanity. We were all in Adam. And Adam, Adam sinned. Adam messed up. He brought sin into the world. And, and that's the old man. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about this last Adam, which he's talking about Jesus. Who, if the first Adam was humanity, if he's the old, he's saying the last Adam is Jesus. And, and, and the last Adam is better than the first because the first, yes, he he became a human being and we're able to become human beings because of him. But this last Adam, Jesus, he gave us life and eternal life and we're able to have eternal life because of him. But had we stuck with and forced ourselves to remain with the first Adam of humanity, of the natural, of who we are and what we want to be in our flesh, then we are going to miss out on the last Adam and that's Jesus and eternal life and abundant life. And I promise you, just like Jesus is so much better than Adam, 
cutting the cord and following the Lord into the new is going to be so much better than the old, that old garment, that old wineskin. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.